It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everybody anything uh anything go on tonight uh <laughs> that, that game was something else the eagles they just beat the bears in one of the crazier games i've ever covered in my life they won 16 to 15 cody parkey clanked a field goal off the off the uprights the eagles are advancing they get some revenge opportunity against the new orleans saints next week i'm here with mike k we're in downtown chicago um the eagles are advancing i mean what <laughs> what's going through your head right now that that See, I've covered some weird games in my time in the Pac-12. Pac-12 After Dark is a famous thing because just weird stuff happens when it gets past midnight over there. And this this is probably the most intense. Like I, I th- I've never had my heart beating as fast as it was at the end there because there's just so much going on. You thought the Eagles were going to lose 10 different times. They won. They're moving on. What are, you, what are you feeling right now? Yeah, I would say it's up there. I would say that the AFC Championship game last year was probably the the... Neither of us covered the Super Bowl, we should point out, because we weren't on the beat last year. Right. that covered, probably would have been right. it. <laughs> uh, Zach was covering the University of Arizona, and I was covering the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been through some that it was like that, and also as a fan, like, I was at the Brian Dawkins uh, But, like, the importance of, the, the factoring, like, the importance of the game. Yeah, too, like, this adds was huge. To it, like, this, that adds to the experience. This, this was something. Um, it was this, something. <laughs> the, you know, you and I joke about like how there's a feel about this team that there's just like some weird like aura around this. They have squad. that. Mo- they have their mojo back. Yeah, this seems really good. Yeah, man. And, and and I think you look at the defensive performance in this game. Sure, yeah, there were some holes late in the fourth quarter. What have you? Mitch Trubisky made some incredible throws. Let's not take anything away from him. At but, the end, he did. Yeah. Right at the end. But what I would say is. This team's resolve is unlike any team I've ever covered, for sure. And, I mean, I think, just listening to other beat writers who were here last year, this is such a different script than last year, just because, you know, now, nobody really gave them a shot. They were runaway favorites during the season before Carson Wentz got injured. At least they had that. Now they're defending their title, and they're doing it with their backs against the wall, and we've talked about it several times. They do their best work when their backs are against the wall. I mean, their backs have been against the wall since the Saints lost, pretty much. Like, even more so over the last five to five to six weeks or so. I mean, you, you look at, they won 5-1 and one after that Saints game. They won the last three games in a row. And each one of those games that they had lost them, they probably wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. You know, if the if the Vikings didn't didn't screw up in the last week, they wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. This game, like, they had every reason not to be in it, but, you know, We've talked a lot about how the the offense and the defense haven't been playing well at the same time today. The defense like held down their end of the bargain as long as they possibly could, which was the entire four quarters, and the offense finally broke through later in the game. And it's just like 
all the things we criticize him about earlier this season, they just do it better than they used to. Like something about Nick Foles, something about this defense, and some of the guys they got in the back end, Avante Maddox, Craven LeBlanc, we've raved about them every week. They were I mean, Avante had one drive where he was bad, but other than that, like just they're these dudes are these have so much swagger, they're outstanding. And I don't know, you know, it, it's such like a corny and like cliche thing to say, but there really is something unique about this team. One one thing I noticed, I'll let you I know you want to say something in a second, but one thing that is interesting to me is like this team is like so workmanlike. They really love each other, but you don't see them like like before the game. You, there was energy, but there wasn't like there weren't guys going crazy or anything. After the game, by the time we got into the locker room, they were all showering, they're all getting ready to go. Um, it's pretty. They're happy. They're excited. They were all pretty hyped that Cody Parkey missed that field goal. But it doesn't feel like last year when you know it was a little something a little different about last year's team where they were dancing, they were going crazy after everyone. This one, they're like, all right, now it's the, on to the next one. It's uh, we have to go one and zero next week. And I think they can't. I don't think I don't, we'll talk about the Saints game later in the week. But you feel good going into it. Whereas I, I don't know if I thought I was going to feel that way, even if they had won this game. Yeah, they're playing as Malcolm Jenkins and Zachert said with house money. Malcolm Jenkins told me that the only thing they could lose right now is their pride, and they're not going to sacrifice that for anybody. I thought that was a really poignant statement because, like, that's that's something that I think a lot of teams lack—that kind of inner fortitude that these Eagles team has. Malcolm Jenkins is the leader, but when you have other guys repeating basically what he's saying throughout the locker room, that means they're all on the same page. Hey, look, we have nothing to lose. We're dangerous. We're going to go beat the the shiz (laughs) out of some of these teams. And I think uh, that's a scary mentality to have. You know, this is a team that was embarrassed by the New Orleans Saints in week 11. They were left for dead against the Dallas Cowboys. They weren't even a favorite to make the playoffs entering week 17 they're still standing you know who isn't the, the chicago bears who helped them help helped get them there yeah i said there yeah i said several times during the week i think that the bears sealed their own fate i think they could have beat the bricks off the vikings this week had they not had they chilled out week 17 whatever i mean the bears are a good team that defense is really really good I think the Bears' defense was the best te- defense in the league yeah. this season, and the Eagles, they defense, it. the Eagles' defense matched them tonight. Right, and that was something that needed to happen. You and I s- spoke about it. They needed to be. We we wanted them to run the ball more. They that tried. Did, they tried, but you know what? In certain aspects, that kind of freed guys up. There were yeah. times where they ran. You and I were talking about it sitting next to each other. They ran a a, a play action uh, that sh- like shook me. Like I I was following Wendell Smallwood, and they did a big strike downfield. I believe it was to uh, Golden Tate. So, again, this is a team that has a lot of resolve. After the game, there was a lot of talk amongst the guys that, hey, look, we know that we weren't expected to be here. We're we're, we're not using the underdog thing. We're guys that just want to win. We think this is a special year for us. And... I think you can take a lot away from that. You brought about like how everybody loves each other. Like this team started off four and six. Yeah. They got trounced by the New Orleans Saints. I don't think I've. I mean, I've covered. I covered the Jaguars for three years. I've seen some bad losses. That was a really bad loss. And for them to not implode and come out and win six of the last seven games, Doug. Doug. I. I think. I. I think. We were rightfully hard on Doug during the, but this is probably one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen. He's what you call a personality manager, I think, because 
He's been able to keep this group together. You got guys like Tim Jernigan who missed the entire season making plays, making plays coming in. I asked him, I go, yo, you know, they're four and zero when you play this year. He goes, I don't want to make this about me. This is about us. We're coming together at the right time. Um, Darren Sproles too. Uh, I spoke to Darren Sproles after the game. The only negative thing he said was, "We've got to fix the run." Do you know for for a veteran to like say that when there were other things that definitely went wrong? Like that's special. Going off that, and a guy I think that exemplifies that maybe better than anybody is Golden Tate. I mean, you look at this is a guy who was traded here here to the Eagles uh, midseason. He's a guy that had 90 catches in multiple seasons in a row, I believe. He was essentially the number one receiver in Detroit. He's headed. He's heading towards a free agent year. He's going towards a big contract. He might be the highest paid receiver in free agency. He comes to the Eagles. He's barely getting the ball. He has one week where he gets eight catches. Other than that, he's basically a non-factor. I mean, we've been pretty critical of that trade, and we talked about this. All, all it was going to take was him playing well in the playoffs for that to matter. We'll get into that in a little bit. But my point being, you know, he, all of that, he played like 20 snaps a week for a couple weeks. Like, he just was not a factor in this offense. You, you didn't hear a complaint from him when he talked to the media. You didn't hear a complaint from him. You didn't hear anything in the he could have leaked stuff. Like, none of that came out. Like, th- his well-being relies on him playing well, and he wasn't even getting the opportunity. And he didn't, the players on the team, they all talked about how much they love him. You know, Zach Ertz talked about how professional he's been. And he comes out today and has the best game he's had since he's been the Eagles. He had uh, one catch at one point where Nick Foles found him. It was a good throw, but he got hit pretty hard, and he held on to the ball. Uh, I believe he was, like, 5 for 5 today. He had the t- game-winning touchdown on a, on a play that uh, – like was a really well-designed play. Apparently they'd run it a lot in practice actually. And they said they they got it right every single time in practice. Jason Peters said as soon as they ran the play, he knew they were going to score. Like that's the level of confidence they had. I mean, it's the fact that they were willing to go to Golden Tate at the end and he was ready for it and that he hasn't complained. Like he, this is the kind of guy that like last year, they like Jay fit in perfectly last year. He's become their Jay Yeah. I think that's actually a really great comparison. I would have never thought that, about that. Uh, you brought up Nick Foles I, I, and Jason Kelsey, um, yeah, Jason Kelsey got emotional after the game, and I don't know if I sold it enough on Twitter, but he said, well, he was waiting for Cody Parkey to kick this field goal. He went up to Nick Foles and said, you know, it, it, it's been a pleasure playing with him if this is the last one. And I think what's interesting about Nick Foles, it, and I, I, this isn't a slight on Carson Wentz at all, but Nick Foles is a different type of cat. And I think a lot of people grab Wildcat, you might say. Oh, very good. Uh, very good. Anytime I can set him up with something oh, the University of Arizona. So, but it, it, I, I, talking to people around the team and just talking to people in the locker room, you just get this sense that Nick Foles is a guy that is so, he has so many flaws. And unlike most people, he's open about them. And I think he's a guy that's openly positive, but not in a way where it's like hokey. Sometimes it might come off hokey and, and there are people that misinterpret. Uh, Zach Ertz said this earlier in the week. There are people that misinterpret Nick Foles. Like, like that. He's like some like, you know, goofy guy. He's a guy that just cares so much. It comes off like he cares so little because he's so calm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the one word that everybody says all the time is calm. Right. He didn't have a good game tonight. Nope. He, I mean, he played the best defense in the league, and he was clutch. With with that play you brought up, the the fourth and two, rolling out Nick Foles. I've seen them do, seen him do this several times. The Jeremy Macklin play that where he scored a touchdown. Yeah, in his rookie, rookie year. year. 
Was that what you were saying? Yeah, was, yeah. It was that play? Yeah, so I, the, that was, somebody was asking the question. I think it was similar. It might not have been the exact same play, but yeah. But, but yeah, you target a guy in the corner of the end zone, um, which is like a hard strike off that. And I think Nick plays so well on the move. He had some pretty great throws in this game. He didn't have a great game, but he had some pretty great throws. And, I mean, we should talk about that last drive, and that this is a good segue into that. It's something that Zach Ertz, I'm not Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, actually. I confuse those two because they, on the field because they look like their their body types are the exact same. Goddard had a great game, by the way. He's another guy who was, had barely been playing throughout the game and then had that touchdown in the third quarter. But they don't win without it. But on that last drive, he, he was like, so how was, somebody asked him about how Nick Foles was and like what was, you know, the, the mindset. And he's like, Nick Nick talks about that being our sanctuary. And that that, that just like sucks. That. That's such like a Nick Foles thing to say to them. And I mean, he, you could just see his effect. It like it rubs off on everybody on the offense. Like it, just the way he's so calm. You you they don't they don't fret. They don't panic. Not to say they were panicking when Carson Wentz was there, but I I don't know if they were as you know eye on the prize like focused tunnel vision with Carson Wentz as they have been with Nick Foles. Honestly. Well, and I think we should be forthcoming. You and I are both very big advo- not advocates, but we we are both guys that are impressed by Nick Foles. Like we're, we're, we're not, we're not Carson Wentz guys. We're not Nick Foles. Yeah. Guys, we're just impressed, but by we're impressed. We're two guys that, that see They're different people and we can, r- yeah. right. You know, Carson Wentz can still be the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. And Nick Foles can still be the most clutch, you know, I mean, and, like it's, it's and, one of those, and things. the most loved athlete in Philadelphia history. Right. Which he is. I mean, <laughs> if he wins this next, if, uh, I think he already is, but I mean, if he, he wins is, this next but, one, like but if Nick wins this super, he might, I don't he, know. He's going to have like 12 statues around the city. Yeah. I don't know what you do, but, um, <laughs> it'll be him sticking up two fingers. It'll be great. Oh my God. Um, but anyway, uh, this team's resolve is like, I just keep coming back to it. They are a team that, so, you were there. You witnessed it. Cody Parkey lining up for that first time, and I said, he's going to miss this. And another writer goes, no, there's no way. So, he kicks it. <laughs> they call the a timeout, time. and he makes it. And I turn to the same writer, and I go, he's going to miss it. And sure enough. I well, think I think we all knew he was going to, but we were like, we're like no, nah, there's no way. There's no way. The funny thing is, on my way... Uh, to br- on my way home from, I got breakfast at this great local spot today, and on my way back, the the Uber driver was talking um, talking to me about uh, you know the Bears. We were talking about sports and the Eagles and the Bears, and I brought up like Cody Park. I was probably gonna come down the field goal, and I mentioned like Cody Park's name, and I swear he like we got to the hotel and he started having a meltdown. He's like, "Oh man, don't say that name, Cody Park. Are you kidding me? He's if he costs up this game, I'm gonna go crazy." Our Uber on the way home, the guy was like, "Ready? If he had seen Cody Parky walking by, he probably would have hit him with the scar." Like. I feel bad for him, but the point being, like, like that that was all, like, looming in the background. Like, we all kind of, everybody kind of knew, like, if it comes down to that, is he going to miss it? Like, would, he, would that actually happen? And it did. I mean, that before we, I, I want to go into that that last moment, but I think we should start getting into the game a little bit. What, what, what were you about to say? Well, yeah, and you and I had talked about that. I wrote an article that was like, the Eagles are going to win this game. And a big talking point was the reliability of the specialist. It, it was just getting into the game. I that's the thing I think we need to talk about the most. It was tough to punt and kick in this game, while while the results were fine because stuff would move and bounce and O'Donnell and turn. especially had some yeah. good ones. Yeah, like I, I saw a lot of people getting upset on Twitter, uh, particularly about uh, Darren Sproles calling for a fair catch and the ball was like on the other side of the field. Like the ball was getting turned in the air and and you know all that stuff. I, this was a tough place to kick, and Jake Elliott 
kind of you wouldn't have even noticed him, you know. So I think <laughs> he won the battle of the kickers. I think it's proven that the Eagles did the right thing in moving on from Parkey to Sturgis to then uh, Jake Elliott. And Jake Elliott's finishing pretty strong. His home debut, we, we, you didn't even he wasn't even a story, you know. So he's um, been he's been like soup. He he had a rough stretch where he missed a couple, and then I forget what week it was exactly. I think it was around midseason. Since then, he's missed like two field goals total, and he's made most of his long ones. He's missed a couple extra points, but they haven't cost them. Like he's been an underrated special teams MVP for them. You know who is the not underrated special teams MVP for the Eagles? Oh, I don't know, Mike. Who? Cameron Johnston. <laughs> We're not another, talking about him this early in the podcast. I'm going to cut you off game. there. This is where I'm going to cut you off. All right. <laughs> but, hey, let's talk about Nick Foles. He had two interceptions. There were some moments in there where they had some stalled drives and he forced some throws downfield. Look, the interception um, that he threw to Wendell Smallwood and it got like ripped out of his hands by Roquan Smith was a great play by Roquan Smith. The interception that I have an issue with was the one in the end zone where he forced the ball uh I believe it was to Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, you know, he was getting pressured. I think he should have just thrown it away. That would have been a field goal. This game would have probably been a lot less dramatic. Um, you know, that said, he did lead scoring drives. He led them on a scoring drive on the first possession of the game. Was clutch, as we mentioned. Was able to finish out this game strong. I think he's a guy that, plays up to his competition, as I've said a million times, but he also plays up to the moment. He's always talking about being in the moment. And, you know, from the sounds of it, none of those guys were worried when it was... They, they a lot of us in the press box kind of groaned when they went two straight runs Yeah, at the two-yard line. The run line. just wasn't working. It just wasn't, and they knew it. And, you know, and then he had the one Alshon, the third Alshon that got broken up. And then you're like, well, what do they do here? And the fact that, like... You know, he didn't get a whole year to work with Golden Tate. He didn't even get the first few weeks of Golden Tate. They've only Tate been playing here. together for the last four weeks, yeah. Right, so uh, perfect throw, great catch. Great great execution on the play. I'm a big believer that when you grade a quarterback, it's about more of how they finish a game than how they start. And I think Nick pulled things together. Like, if I had to give him a grade, I'd probably give him a C+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, and that's almost all from that last drive. I mean, he had some good throws, like you said. Like, it wasn't all bad. Yeah, the, Like, the Dallas Goddard touchdown throw was really good. He also had the throw to Dallas Goddard that Goddard made an incredible play, but the throw was only to where Goddard could get it. He had some really nice throws to Golden Tate, to Alshon Jeffrey. There was a, a third down pickup to Nelson Aguilar for, like, 13 yards where he hit him just across the middle. Nick Foles utilizes his his weapons. I'm not trying to create a false narrative or compare him to Carson, but Nick Foles... The offense is playing better with Nick Foles, and it might not only be because of Nick Foles, but the, it's the reality. He's, it's playing better with Nick Foles than it was with Carson Wentz. So let's get into running backs. Well, um, before... Oh. We I do want to we we talked a little bit about the that last drive. We we should say like so it started with Tariq Cohen getting a I, mean, I forget how long it was it was a long return and we we all started having flashbacks to the Saints playoff game. I literally had a tweet ready to go because I felt like all right well they're about to lose. I was it was gonna say like Nick Foles left with the lead <laughs> because it it was heading in that direction. He left the lead and and the you know the the special teams messed up. Tariq Cohen's a dynamic player. He's not like he's easy to stop. The Bears quickly got up the field. It's fourth down. You know it, it was just it was funny hearing from all the guys. They're like 
<laughs> that was so. Ner- they said they never celebrated harder than when he missed and he clanked off. And Tra- Trayvon Hester, you, you and I didn't realize it in the moment. I don't think a lot of people did. He tipped it a little bit on the on the field goal, like secret hero right there. I know you've been as high as him on, as anybody from the get go, and he's he's earned a role on this team. And I mean, getting a blocked field goal in the playoffs against Chicago Bears <laughs> when you're about to lose. I mean, it's not a blocked field goal, but he tipped it like that. I mean, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a reflection of this team. They keep having these guys stand up and stick out when they need them to. Yeah. And we'll get more to the defense later because the defense deserves a oh my god a huge amount of praise for this game. But I want to talk to you about running backs yes. because the running game did not. That work. was the worst part of the Eagles' performance for sure. And Jason Kelsey, I want to talk about the running game specifically because Jason Kelsey took a lot of credit for the bad times. You mean he took blame for it? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, but he took. Yeah, I guess he was. Could, yeah, way? yeah. Well, <laughs> Weird but, way of saying he took yeah, credit for the bad times. <laughs> yeah, he took some credit for the bad times. That's a, that's, yeah. a, that's like a positive way of spinning. Right, like, I like right, that. I like right. that. You like that? Your PR guy? Yeah, I was at one point. Um, so, so Jason Kelsey took a lot of blame uh, from a communication standpoint for the run game. Darren Sproles told me uh, I got a one-on-one with him, and he told me we've just got to fix the run. It just wasn't working. And, um, so you know, they, they finished with uh, 42 rushing yards. Right. Josh Adams got Barely one carry. It, it, this wasn't a matchup for him, though. So I, right, I, 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 got, I understood that. Honestly. Yeah. Wendell Smallwood had an OK game. I, I mean, whatever. He was playing. I, I mean, he was the starter and he was at the end, too. They tried the two point conversion, which Jason Peters is pretty upset that didn't go through, by the way. Um, by the way, nugget about that. So that was on the on the last drive. By right. Now. Right. On the last drive, the two point conversion, that play basically was asked, you know, the fake Philly special uh, that was put in before the Jaguars game in London. And then they didn't use it and they brought it back this week. So in practice, um, I thought he made it across the line, but you know, whatever. Um, it doesn't really matter now, huh? But uh, <laughs> the running game, uh, I'll close with this. I just think like they push the running game and it's something that a lot of people are critical of them. They get away from the running game pretty easily. This game, they went with it, and it did open some things up. I, I mean, they were able to sell some fakes. They did, you know, have a couple of read options and play action fakes that did work, probably because they ran the ball so much. So, in theory, that probably worked. Um, getting to the uh, tight ends, you, you you segue off on this one. I mean, we talked a lot about Dallas Goddard. Um, Zach Ertz had some good plays. He, he had a couple of really good catches. Nothing like game-changing, but he's just a presence on the field. That's the reality. But, I mean, Dallas Goddard, man, his numbers aren't don't, like, jump off the page, two catches, 20 yards, one touchdown. But, I mean, he's just so impressive to me. Like, he, he's just like, he's another one of him and Avante Maddox, who we'll obviously rave about later because that's, like, a weekly thing at this point. Um, but just something, they just don't, they don't play or act like rookies. They're just so, like, level-headed, which is so crazy to me, especially for a guy like Dallas Goddard, who played at a small school at South Dakota State. Maybe something about the Dakotas, because Carson Wentz isn't phased about stuff either. Um, Nate Gary. Nate Gary, Nate Gary. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Gonna say But uh, he's just so impressive to me, man. He comes, he's really good in the red zone, and he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber tight end in his career. And he might not get there for a while just because he's going to not, he, there's not going to be the playing time available for him. That's just the reality. But when they run 12 personnel, their offense is at the best, and it's at that at the best because of him. He's the reason why Golden Tate hasn't played that much because he deserves to be in there more than Golden Tate up until this point. And I think what we're going to see from this moving forward is that they're going to use 
they're going to take Ertz out at times, or they'll make Ertz a wide receiver. He's just not a blocker, so. Right, right, but they won't use a traditional twelve personnel mm-hmm. like Ertz will. Yeah, be like Ertz will be split out or something. Right, yeah, so yeah. it'll be eleven. It'll be like personnel. a slot receiver almost. Yeah. Right, so it'll be eleven personnel, but with Goddard in there, and I think that's actually the right move. I think when we talk about twelve personnel, it gets very. It gets convoluted into one circumstance, but having both guys on the field doesn't necessarily mean it's 12 personnel. So, again, I think this tight end group is evolving and playing well, and they're going to be they're going to need to play well against the Saints next week. That'll be a big key in That's, our preview. Yeah. Um, offensive line, I thought they did really well from a pass blocking standpoint. Isaac Samalu had a relatively good game. He had a couple uh, of good plays. One of their big run, running plays was because of him. It was Darren. Was it Sproles or Smallwood? When, it was when they were deep in their own territory. Smallwood. Yes. I mean, I know. Like, there were some people who were mad. About, there something about Samalu. Fans just are mad about him. He's just one of those players that him and Smallwood are two guys that if they do one wrong thing, they hate them more than anything. But they won't really compliment them if they play well. But I think I, everybody hates that draft class. Other than yeah, Carson. yeah. But I. I just think he's the better fit for this group than Steven Wisniewski is. Wisniewski is a good backup because he can play multiple positions, but Samal is strong. He's really strong. I think him and Jason Peters play better together than Wiz does with him. Uh, maybe th- maybe there's something in terms of chemistry going on there. But, I mean, you saw why they why they why he's their guy. I mean, he played pretty well, especially considering he hasn't played in a month. Yeah, and to battle back from a peck injury as an offensive lineman when you have to punch and take the punch back, yeah. I, you know, I think it says a lot about him. He played well. I thought the, I mean, again, I thought the offensive well, line played the, relatively well. The most well. important thing we should say about the offensive line is that Khalil Mack didn't have a sack tonight. Yeah, he was mostly uh, absent, in my opinion. Like, that's, you noticed that, him that's, late. That's but. three of the Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt. And Cleo Mack had zero sacks between the three of them. Like, that's remarkable. And I think that speaks to scheme. I, and, I mean, and, I, and Mack moves around. So that means he was on right. Peters. Peters, he, he was inconsistent as he'd been all season. But when he was at his best, he was really good. I think like he had, there's a play where Leonard Floyd got around him and sacked Foles early on. And he's, he, he gets, he's just not as athletic as he used to be. That's just the reality. But he had a pretty good game, especially on that last drive. I think he started off slow. He admitted he gave up a couple pressures. Then he bared down the rest of the way. Um, I mean... We've been pretty critical about Jason Peters, and I think it's been warranted for the most part. But if he's playing like he did today against the Saints, they should be okay. Cam Jordan's another freak of nature they're about to go up against, but they've shown they can shut those guys down. Yeah, I think I think they scheme very well for, for really good pass rushers. I mean, the Bears only had one sack and five QB hits all day for the best defense in the NFL. Like, you, you'll take that every day of the week. Um, I think one position we didn't do yet is receivers. Um... Alshon Jeffrey, he continues to, he just has a connection with Nick. Like, there's only so many ways to say it. Like, that's just, they, they play it off like it's no, he's just, he's just going up and getting whatever's thrown to him. But him and Nick have a connection. He played what he, you know, there's always a risk when a guy talks trash in quotes, because I don't really think he was talking trash with his comments this week. But, I mean, there were comments that ruffled some feathers in Chicago. He didn't make any errors, and he was really good, and he's just a presence on the field. When, even when he's not playing well, he's a presence, and he's a number one receiver. Like, he's their number one receiver. Golden Tate, uh, we pretty much did our rave about Golden Tate earlier. I should say, um, this validates the trade. Like, that that's just three out. I mean, maybe not 100% third-round pick was a lot, but they don't win this game without Golden Tate making the plays he did. I think I think it's fair, and uh, when I did my grading, I said that if he's like the catalyst for for a playoff win, I don't think he was a catalyst here, but he was an important. Part he was of an it, important though. part, and you know, I I think go. I think people 
misinterpret critique of the Golden Tate trade as we're criticizing Golden Tate. Golden Tate's a really good player. It's yeah, just yeah. he might not be a fit here. Or they didn't know how to use him or right. something. Right, yeah. and today they used him very well. He played quite a bit. So, again, they're trying to figure it out. It's taken a little while. If this leads to a Super Bowl run, hey, then yeah, that third-round pick was definitely worth it. Plus, if you look at, at history, how he's not really the best third-round draft selector. Yeah, anyway. Good, well, Rizul Douglas has worked out pretty well. But yeah, Rizul did... Uh, Jordan Hicks was not his, but like really historically, the Eagles are not good third round. I mean, it's kind of a weird round anyway because it's either like the guys that have fallen from the first two rounds, and there's a probably a reason why they've fallen, or it's like injury prone guys or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, moving on from there, Nelson Aguilar had some some moments as well. Let's get into the defense because that's the story of this yeah, game. We, we'll we'll start from the front and work to the back because the back will be the one we'll be <laughs> raving about the most probably because of the way they played. But the defensive line, um, Fletcher Cox is wrecking havoc like he always does, uh, wreaking havoc. Timmy Jernigan, you mentioned earlier, uh, I mean, he's going to be an interesting offseason story. He's probably making too much money. I think they'll want to bring him back. It'll just have to probably be on a cheaper deal. But he's helping himself because this is a guy who hadn't played all year, like you said. And we question whether he would even play this season. So Yeah, and he talked after the game like he was making a pitch to stay. Like... It, he was very... They love him here. Yeah, they do, and I'll write about him probably on, on Monday morning. But, you know, he's a guy that I think, when healthy, can bring a lot to this team as a run stopper and as a pass rusher. And he showed it in this game. He showed it against the Redskins as well. Michael Bennett, we got to talk about the personal foul penalty. That was bad. There was, was a there was a really bad... I mean, like, it led to their first field goal, so... It's a it's a mistake that... Uh, it was unnecessary roughness. The play was... I think it was between him and Kyle Long, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see what happened actually. I, I'm not hundred percent sure. We'll have to read up on that. But, uh, I mean that, that you just can't do that. Like you can't, you can't do penalties after the play is over when you're that, when you're a veteran. And I, I mean, I, I think it, I believe it led to them making a field goal at the end of that drive. It, it um, did. It was their so, first. So, I mean, he, he wasn't as like dominant as he has been in the past. So we did have a sack later in the game, which is good. Obviously linebacker, Nigel Bradham, one of his best games as an Eagle. I think he was his best. Yeah. Game especially game. in the first half. He was he, like he was, he was everywhere. everywhere. He was everywhere, and I, he was, I didn't notice Jordan Hicks as much. But uh, uh, Jordan Hicks actually had a really good play. Um, they ran a sweep with Taylor Gabriel, and Hicks just like bolted to to the play, read it right away. I, while we're talking about Nigel Bradham, got this from the locker room. Uh, Want to give you this insight? He said that he when he was watching film, he saw a lot of repetitiveness from their offense, from the Bears' offense. And he just knew he could make certain plays. And he was everywhere. It was like they knew the plays. And so I think that that is, it speaks to his intelligence as a player, but it also speaks to Matt Nagy's, maybe not that original, you know, maybe just some stuff works for that. Or he wasn't ready for the moment. Yeah. Right. I mean, he also said that Trey Burton not playing was kind yeah. of like a big that was an underrated downfall for thing, them. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, I thought Camus played relatively well when I saw him as well. So let's move on to the big ones, the yeah, corners. Let's, yeah, the corners. Um, so we got Avante Maddox, we got Craven LeBlanc, and we got Rizul Douglas. Um, between them, they had seven pass breakups, it looks like. Uh, Avante Maddox, especially early, he had one PBU where he, it was a really good play and would it prevented a big play from happening. Uh, there was another one where I believe Allen Robinson caught the ball down the field and he pushed him out of bounds before he could like get his both his feet in, which is just a heady play. Like That's just smart. A lot of guys will go for the pick or, or the tackle or whatever. And that was impressive. And he had an interception that was called off because he was out. Of, he didn't get his foot in or whatever it was, right? Um, but it was just a great play when he made it. And 
I mean, we, there's not really anything new we could say about Avante Maddox at this point. Uh, it was just he did a home have, run. He did a have a bad he, drive. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mentioned that earlier. There, on the scoring drive, actually, he gave up the touchdown, and he gave up a big play earlier in the drive. Touchdown to Allen Robinson. He's well, a rookie. Like, he's right. not perfect, but he's part of the reason why the defense has been as good as it has been. So take some solace in this. So I was covering the Jaguars when Allen Robinson was still there, and he was going up against Jalen Ramsey on a daily basis. He was absolutely torching and, like, abusing uh, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's coverage. His, he's just got really fast feet. He's a great route runner. Uh, it's going to happen. It's You're going to bite on some double moves against Allen Robinson. That's why he is so good. Um, so I want to talk about Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas, to me, is... They have a lot of stories of the year, but when you talk about the most improved player on this entire team, it's there's it's unquestioned to me that it's Rasul. They weren't even playing him in the first half of the season. Right. We re- you had a podcast where you ranted about that, I believe, and we both right. were like just baffled. And it still doesn't make any sense because clearly, like he struggled those first couple of games when they had to start him because everybody was injured and the guys were just falling by the wayside. But once he got into a groove, like he just they weren't giving him the opportunity to get into a groove. They took to that's one of the coaching errors they made this season, I think. And he's. He, he's making a case to be a starter on the outside next year. He is. A, he's got to start. He's they've got to start. I mean, like, if they, they don't start. I mean, him, I mean, that's what I'm saying that we they should have already, but they weren't. So <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with Jalen Mills. Uh, they're Darby's probably, probably not coming Darby back. Go, you would think. It, um, but but in this, this is a rare defensive scheme where corners are asked to tackle pretty consistently. He is one of the best tackling corners I've seen in a really long time as of late. I mean, he is really. The last five games have been special for him. I mean, him. He's, he's got he's like what you want in a cornerback in this system, especially. Like he's right. a big guy, he's a good tackler. He's willing to take risks to try and get interceptions. Um, once once they get you know their full secondary next year, it's going to be. I think he's going to put up some good numbers interception wise because if they have a safety behind him that you can maybe trust a little more than Corey Graham to like clean up a mess if you know a guy if it messes up. Like I'm I'm excited to see how that looks next year. But he was great, and then I mean safety. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. Craven, Craven, yeah, Blanc. yeah, he, he had he had some really good plays. Yeah, he there were. This is kind of a revenge, secret revenge game for him because they got they cut him a couple years ago, or actually they cut him before this season. So technically, he should have actually had basically a forced fumble, I guess. But like, there's just a weird play where uh, he was going up for the ball. Uh, I forgot who the receiver was. I want to say it was Taylor Gabriel, and he knocked the ball out of his hands. But Gabriel had taken a few steps. And when they went to challenge it uh, or, or review it, they said basically that he fumbled it. But that it was, was the weirdest. That was the weirdest it was just thing. A very weird. Everybody was confused. I mean, whatever. The funny I, thing was, they said no clear recovery, and it was like in a positive way for the Eagles. <laughs> right. So, well, I guess the logic was since there was no clear recovery because the ref waved it off, the fair thing to do was to say that it was an incompletion, which I guess is. Noble of the referee, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> LeBlanc had a really good game. They're playing with three corners. Like, I don't think people realize, like, Josh Hawkins is not playing on defense. No. So, and he's their fourth corner. So, so they you, play every snap pretty much. They play every snap. Rasul Douglas is playing well. Craven LeBlanc is feisty as heck. And, you know, Avante Maddox had two rough moments in this game, but overall, he's been terrific. I, I just, you got to feel good about this say. I mean, they cost nothing. Uh, Craven LeBlanc was waived by the the Lions off a two-year contract, so the Eagles have him for cheap next year. He'll be a restricted free agent, I think, the year after. Then you look at 
what you've got, you've got Avante for four years for nothing. I, I, I joked on Twitter, can they just sign him to their second contract already? I know it's I know it's illegal, but they, pull, pull they should do Pull a Joe Banner it. deal where <laughs> Joe Banner used to like sign guys on the cheap. I'll never forget, like Mike Patterson got like the cheapest like second contract you've ever seen. Anyway, <laughs> but all yeah. right, let, let's so safety. So again, Jenkins doesn't necessarily put up the numbers, but he was uh, Terry Cohen was his primary assignment. Terry Cohen had. One carry for zero yards. He only had one carry. Uh, and f- and three catches for 27 yards. So he shut him down. I mean, I know it wasn't only him, but that, that was Jenkins' job. Uh, I should say, Trey Sullivan's played pretty well recently. He had a pretty egregious drop in the end zone at one point, and he was pretty upset about it. He, like, threw his helmet on the sideline. Second time he's had a bad drop this season. He'll get better at that. He's young. Uh, he's had a couple, like, mental errors throughout the season. This is an undrafted guy who was on the practice squad for a lot of the year. He's pretty much split with Corey Graham at this point, which is good because you need some youth in there. And... Uh, yeah, they, he's, they, he's impressed me the last couple weeks, honestly. Yeah, they use a three-safety look at times um, to get more size in there as opposed to having the nickel corner. I talked to Trey after the game. Um, we have frequent chats. <laughs> and he just said, you know, I just he, his teammates said that the interceptions will come. Don't but kill yourself over it. Just don't, don't give yourself too much of a hard time. And I think for him, this will be a learning lesson. He did make some uh, two pretty big pass breakups in this game, something that you can build on. Corey Graham, still Corey Graham. I mean, whatever. They're winning. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. as long as he doesn't make any glaring mistakes, that's what you can ask for him. Right. I mean, I, overall, this was a team win, but I thought the, the defense, defense. So really... Over, before we get do you, let, let you do your special team spiel, I just want to say, like Jim Schwartz, like especially after today, just baffles me that he hasn't... Maybe it's just because he's playing and he's told people not to contact him. doesn't seem like that's the case because it seems like every single coach that interviews gets leaked and every coach that has interest, like it, it probably benefits them to make it seem like they have a lot of interest in them. His name hasn't been mentioned a single time, I don't think, and like he's proven he deserves Like He's better than some of these coaches that are being interviewing right now. There's all these retreads that are that are out there interviewing for jobs, and I just don't get it. Jim Schwartz deserves a head coach. The job he's done this season is better than the job he did last season. You'd be. He was getting killed after they let allow that first touchdown. Uh, killed on Twitter. Uh, the guy didn't. The guy's unit didn't allow a touchdown. It's not like for he's out seven there, and a half it's, quarters. It's, it's not like he's out there playing defense with him. Well, <laughs> but the thing is, he hadn't allowed a touchdown for his unit hadn't allowed a touchdown the, for seven and a half Nick, quarters. Nick Foles threw two interceptions and they only gave him three points off that. Right. How many times were the, the offense was backed up all the way? The defense came back, shut them down again. Like it kept, like right. They were just so con- they don't force they didn't force any turnovers, right? Yeah, they didn't force any turnovers in a game where they only gave up 15 points. I mean, like, look, I, 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 Jim Schwartz. I mean, you and I both. You, you've been pro him. I'm, I've been pro him. Like, I, I don't get the hate for him, and it seems like the fans are pretty silent when he when he does a good job. It's kind of like this. It's this always happens with the Sixers. The Sixers, there are Sixers fans who hate Brett Brown as soon as they lose a game. But once they win 15 in a row, like they did last year, you don't hear from them at all. And then all of a sudden, he loses a game. You're like, he's the worst coach ever. Fire him. It's just like, appreciate what you have in Jim Schwartz because he might not be here next year. And I don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. And there's there's not that many minds like him. He's a really smart human being. People seem to love Corey Udlin. That's a thing, by the way. Um, uh, but anyway, again, um, 
I thought this game overall, you look at the specialist, this was a really tough place to kick. And there we, were we need we need some like theme music for now on when you right. go, when you well, go into your And we should we should call the segment special team spiel. I like that. That was good. <laughs> uh, very Yiddish of us. Look, yes. I, I, I think Cameron Johnson's just a special punter. I mean I really do. He's consistent, he's constantly flipping the field or putting the ball. You know, they were backed up against their own end zone, he gets it to the other side of the field. It, it's just he he's doing a really good job, and I don't think he's getting enough credit. Rick Lovato, man, just to put a cap on this. He hasn't had any bad snaps this hasn't year. Hasn't had right. I, That's I, all you need from a lock snapper. Right, right. I mean, it's pretty consistent. <laughs> this dude used to work in a deli, and now he's uh now he's the Eagles long snapper. And now he's dish. Now he's, instead of oh, dish cleaning dishes, instead of cleaning dishes, he's <laughs> oh, dishing man. out some, oh, boy. some snaps. Are you done with the specialist yet? <laughs> yes, I am. Let's right, before, uh, before before we go. I want to. I like I like doing this. Let's do guess the line. What do you think the opening line is for the Eagles Saints? Nine, eight. Okay, that makes sense. That's I, I, somebody asked me before the game if the Eagles had won, what it would be. I figured it would be eight to ten range. Yeah, I mean they did get crushed. Uh, yeah, I mean the Saints are the most talented team in the league. Sure, and but I just did a breakdown. You can find it on NJ.com. It's not as I mean, like when like I was in terms of position by position. You right, mean. right, yeah. When I was initially looking at position by position, I thought this was going to be like everybody but tight ends. But no, it's actually kind of a little bit more competitive than you would think, especially over the last few weeks. Yeah, the Saints defense has struggled recently. We'll we'll do full Saints stuff. We'll get get you. Maybe we'll do a couple podcasts this week because there's a lot of interest right now. If you didn't know, I you know we dedicated a lot to. Um, like foals and questions this week, give us a theme. How about that? In this, if if there's a certain topic that you guys want us to cover during our midweek podcast, hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear about. What our thoughts are. Uh, ask us questions. Do whatever. We want to interact with you. This is this isn't just our podcast. It's your podcast. So give us some feedback, and we'll uh, we'll chat it up. What do you got, Zach? Give All me right. your spiel. All right, that. That'll do it. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We're excited to, to get going in New Orleans, get back to NOLA. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back this week with a couple podcasts. If you don't already subscribe, do it. We're on all the apps. Like, like Mike just said, leave us a comment, ask a question, and we'll answer it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys.